You're listening to The Life of Tri. It's triathlon for your ears. There's no podcast school, but if there was a podcast school, you don't start, you don't press record, um, and then you have a really good conversation. And then you go, I should have, I should have pressed record. So, yeah, you got to make sure you get that right. I don't want to get that wrong. Um, it's dog hour here. My dog's going crazy. He, the super dog's not wrapped. He's, uh, it's the possum hour here, and we have acrobatic possums where I live, and it's the nightly show, and it drives him bonkers. You can probably hear him. He's just. Oh, he's an energetic lad and he's very up and about. Kevin, how are you? Back from your travels. I never know where you are. Yes. Every time I text you, I'm just, I don't know where it's going to land. I always feel I'm waking you up at some point. How was your trip? Um, half the time it feels like that too. Although when I'm over in Europe, you're less likely to uh, to wake me up since mm. they're a bunch of hours ahead and stuff. Mm. Um, and I'm with you. Yeah, I've got the lively dog too. It's, um, you know, whatever... I st- we started this at 5.30 or whatever this morning, and uh, he's anxious to get out for his walk, although it's pitch black here. So um, we'll uh, hopefully get this done, and I'll get him out for his morning jaunt. What's your weather doing over there? Because I never like to ever um, comment about weather, bad weather here in Australia, because you're obviously in Canada. You live in a cave. Um, what What... What's your weather doing at the moment? And you see, I would beg to differ. You always comment about the weather when we're chatting, like that you're <laughs> on your way surfing or whatever. And you typically like to mention that most often in like January, February, when we're dealing with uh, crazy cold stuff. Um, but yeah, we have had an amazing fall uh, for what I've been up here for it. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it, uh, we, we had some really warm weather and then it cooled down. Uh, but we still hit 20 degrees Celsius, I think, yesterday, which is um, nutty warm for us. So, yeah, we're uh, we're enjoying some nice weather so far. That's nice. We um we we had a good day, 23 today, so that was kind of nice. We haven't seen we've had a lot of rain, a lot of rain here, and we're we're back out. the The world is opening up for Victorians finally after the longest lockdown in the world. We've we've cracked it. We are the winners by. Uh, one would say a freaking mile. Um, and come Friday, I am loose. Uh. <laughs> well, that, that's almost that's a scary thought in and of itself. Like, I you know I would have thought rockners are best kept uh, locked up for as much as possible. And a lot of people agreeing with you there. It's weird though, like um, the feeling of not like constantly being home versus not like that's a it's it's. I'm not going to say anxiety inducing, but it's, you certainly think about it. I reckon, I reckon you, you give it a little think. Um, it's a different setup, isn't it? Getting back uh, into the world. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I, you know, I don't know how you guys have made it on all through. Um, hey, are we ever going to start talking triathlon? But before we actually do that, so what's this? I'm not funny. That's, uh, hey, nice. I enjoyed the podcast from last week. The uh, trash Kevin, whatever it was. Uh, for, <laughs> we had the first three minutes. I'm not funny to, 
to making fun of my hair, no less. Like, seriously? Where, where was I? I was talking to someone the other day and I was talking about our newscast and I said, you're in Lanzarote with your gorgeous tan and, the, you know, and I look like a sack of crap in Melbourne. It's just, you know, so, I, you know, I have I have defended you as well, my friend, but if you heard episode 20-something, last one, um, yeah, Luke Bell and I do do open up a bit rough on yourself. Um, but th- th- do you know what though? I, I was I was belly laughing. <laughs> I was walking the dog, and people were looking at me on the street because I was laughing so hard. So um, I thought it was I thought it was classic. Well, in Australia, if you're not getting like when you get paid out on like you, that means we love you. That's that's a sign of endearment. If we're not saying it, that's uh, I'd be worried. So uh, consider it a pat on the back from uh, Luke Bell and myself. Of course, you haven't listened. Get back and listen to it, Luke Bell. What a treat to have him on tap uh, to have a conversation around triathlon. He's super insightful. Um, we're going to chat a little bit shorter today, but we're going to cover a couple of things. Um, and the first thing, you don't see a lot of DQs going on in races, but they had one at Challenge Montenegro uh, on the weekend. Budva, Monte- Budva Montenegro. Mm. It was a um, – and and for those of you not really across it, uh, Denmark's Magnus Ditlev. Now, I'm not across this cat at all, you know, um, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm not really across – what he's been up to, but apparently he cut the course by 400 meters. There was a uh, conversation around there and he got DQ'd, which means the multi-talented Patrick Lunger got uh, got his nose in front for the win. In good company too, mind you, in good company. He's got Rudy Wild, Nils Fromhold in there as well. Um, but then he got reinstated. So he went back to his win. They, they figured out that there was a... Um, an issue with it, and he got reinstated. Lucy Hall won the women's, just so we get all that cleared up. We haven't seen, we haven't really seen this happen. But good on Challenge for admitting that they might have made a mistake and that they reinstated him and that he was following the lead bike, I believe. Yeah, and I I don't know a whole lot about it um, other than, yeah, it it does sound like he was following the lead bike, got taken off course, um, and uh, so they ended up, like he ended up winning, he won the race by seven minutes. Yeah, They ended up giving him a five-minute penalty for, um, you know, it sounds like 400 meters um, of, you know, running short. Um, and so he still wins the race by a couple of minutes after all is said and done. Um, yeah, challenge having a little bit of a tough go of things. Like, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of publicity around it, but, um, Lisa Norden and a bunch of other women at the challenge championship, which was also won by Lucy Hall. Um, they, uh, they were taken, it's sort of hard to figure out, but, uh, they basically followed a motorcycle um, off course there and ended up riding an extra, I, I've heard anywhere from 17 to 20 minutes Oy. there. So um, so Challenge has had a little bit of a rough go on this front. Um, and I, you know, I, I feel like, you know, the women weren't crazy about the solutions uh, in, in the Challenge family event. So um, so I think they, uh, you know, are doing their best to, you know, make amends and, and do the right thing. And, and so, 
you know, went out of their way to try and figure out how to how to fix things for Magnus here. So, yeah, so uh, what I loved yeah. about this whole story, the best part of this story to me was after initially after he was DQ'd, the rest of the pro men all pooled together to take money out of their prize money to give him a check or give him some money at the end of the day. I heard that. Um, which, you know, th- that is awesome. And I, you know, I have no doubt that Patrick or yeah, Patrick Lange would have been very involved in that. You know, he was kind of running along going, holy crap, how's this guy beating me by so much during the race? And then afterwards, you know, applauded a great performance and was willing to put his money where his mouth was for it. So how many um, hats off like that, that to me was the real, um, best part of the story. Correct. And it was of no fault of his own. If you're following the lead bike, tip for lead bikers, know where the course is. That's really important. Um, but the could you imagine a bunch of tennis players pooling some money together or some golfers? Hard to think that it would happen in any other sport um, except for triathlon, which is, you know, still very friendly. Everybody's very friendly. So well played to uh, Magnus. You are the winner. Um, haven't seen that for a while, but as you said, it does uh, have a challenge, at least acted. It's interesting to me, though, that they, they in their presser, they said that they had been following world triathlon rules when course cutting results in DQ. Interesting that they follow world triathlon rules. Why is that interesting? Ironman, for the most part, follows world triathlon rules. Um, they have negotiated with world triathlon to make certain changes for um, for their events. Um, I think that's good, like to, to follow the world body. Um, and they're dependent on the world body's officials for all these different things, right? So Yeah, I just found it, look, I again, I found it interesting in the fact that, you, you know, they're, they're their own company, for example running a race, yet they defer to the world, but they're not coming under them as that race, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, it's a little odd one, but um, at least they're consistent. And well done to Challenge, um, who have just released, as we speak, their list of awards for the year. Uh, Yes, I noticed that as well, that uh, the advantage of getting up crazy early and uh, getting to see see that. Well, so, you're 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 stuff. We'll be, uh, I will be doing a story on that uh, later today on the site, so well, people can check that out. Correct, beautiful. Uh, the beautiful uh, work of Kevin on um, your website, but the race of the year was the race in Poland. Challenge Poland. Yes, advanced. I think it's Gdansk is how you pronounce it. I don't even that. want to see. No, so I just um, I sidestepped that. I was not interested. Uh, and your boys <laughs> at uh, Challenge Almere won uh, best swim and also best <laughs> best after race food. Hmm. They won that as well. It was it was quite a party Ooh. at Challenge Almere. I'll tell you that much. What was the food? Um, Talk to me about the food. What was the food like? They won the best food. What were they doing after? Yeah, you know, they, they brought me some, I was working all day announcing oh, yeah. and um, they they brought me some pretty amazing stuff along uh, through the day. So um, yeah, it. I, I'm not really much of a foodie, so I'm not much to, or the best person to comment on this stuff, mm-hmm. but 
it was good. I'll give him that much. Hmm. So best hats off to him. <laughs> best finish line party was in Taiwan, apparently, and the best fans are in Spain. How, how do you measure best fans? How how they measure? What's the what's the metric for that? Really yeah, know. I I have a feeling this is uh, bullshit. You know, race race directors <laughs> uh, getting out there and getting the votes in. Like, hey yeah. guys, vote for us for X. So yeah, look good on them. It's and, they're allowed to have some fun with it, and so are we. Um, one thing that I didn't find funny this weekend, uh, just gone. I'm oh, not funny. I just I just shook my I shook my head and just said triathlon wins. Uh, with Ironman and Challenge Mallorca running on the same day, weekend. Um, what a clown show! Like, I know they're not they're 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 competing against each other, right? I get that, and they're separate companies. I also understand that too. I also understand too that the people that they're screwing are the people they want to do their races. So. It might be opportunistic for them to rethink where, and again, I get all COVID. I understand all that. But the local athlete there who could possibly be, you know, having a swing at a couple of races, I don't know. Am I going off here too much? I just think it's worth thinking about how they could structure. So, yeah. So I think this year you're going off on it too much. If they were to do that next year when we're sort of through COVID and races are running on schedule, then have at them. Go wild, Phil. Cool. Uh, but in this case, I, I think um, both races, you know, I think one was originally supposed to maybe happen in April and the other one uh, was supposed to happen in May. Uh, so like if they had gone by their regular schedule, <clears throat> I was shocked that um, the, you know, sort of different town councils, governing bodies or whatever in Majorca allowed them both to happen on the same day. Like, cause I think they were only 50 or 60 miles apart. Like, you know, they weren't right next to each other, but they weren't super far apart. No. Um, so I was very surprised. Like, you know, that must've shut pretty much the entire Island down on the day. Yeah. Um, so, um, and and maybe that was part of the logic. Hey, if the, if we're going to screw everybody's drive around the island, we might as well just do it all at once and get it all done and over with. Um, anyway, I, I would be shocked if that happens again, um, because yeah, you know, certainly um, Ironman, you know, their races, you know, that that race is very popular. Certainly the uh, the uh, seventy point three in Majorca. Uh, it was the first time I think they'd run a full in Majorca for five years or so. So, hmm. um, well, they're on those. The, uh, you know, very, very popular event. And so it doesn't make any difference for Ironman. So challenge is always going to be the one to bend there, right? Like they're, hmm. they're much more in need of trying to get numbers. So, um, and my guess is the only reason they wouldn't have done that is because they had no choice. Like, they were sold. This is when you can reschedule it, take it or leave it. Yeah, yeah, it's understandable this year. They're on notice. I'm keeping an eye on them, very close eye. I may have to go out there and view it. <laughs> uh, it's a beautiful part of the world. Uh, but yes, we've seen this before, though. We've seen you know Iron Man land surprisingly close to other events, etc. So this is not new to me or you. Um, but it is interesting the way they've done this. Um, how many Iron Mans? Now, this is your your part of the era that there was a world Ironman race, um, race series. We've talked about this 
previously on the podcast. How many can you do in a year, do you reckon, before you're cooked? So how many Ironmans can a pro do? Not an age group, but a pro. Uh, I'm speaking to in, in context to a tweet that uh, the Starkey wrote and um, about Peter Vabrusek getting a whole world of crap one year when he raced about 50 Ironmans to qualify. Um, and then he had a, you know, he, he talked about, um, I don't know, I'll find it here in a minute. He talked about um, uh, Peter Vabrusek and Lionel Sanders and how come Lionel has escaped the the wrath of the trifosi uh, with what they're talking about online. How many do you reckon you can do, Kevin, before you're cooked as a pro? Yeah, well, this is this is to me the one of the biggest changes that we've seen in our sport. Um, you know, back in the day, Paula, like I, t- I talked to Paula about this, uh, just about recovery um, after races. Um, and, you know, in her day, I think she did once, uh, she did like a Japan, and I can't remember where the other race was, but sort of back-to-back full distance or back-to-back Ironman races uh, a week apart. And she did that once in her entire career. And, you know, some might argue she's, you know, arguably one of the biggest names or, you know, most successful people our sports ever had, you know, eight Kona wins and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, she said, like, back when I raced, like, I didn't move for a week after an Ironman. Like it was, um, and the, the reason I was asking her about this was I, um, uh, I, I caught, quote unquote caught. I was, you know, in, in Frankfurt one year and, you know, walking through the lobby of the hotel and I see Chrissy Wellington the day after the race sneaking out of the exercise room because she's just done a treadmill run the day after her her race where I think she set like a course record or whatever. Um, I was just, I walked over and I had breakfast with Paul and said like, when you race, could you jump on the treadmill the next morning? And she was like, no. And so, um, you know, it's amazing how people are bouncing back from all of this stuff. Uh, So, you know, and yes, there can be the nefarious stuff and I don't want to get into that right now. Um, but, um, I, I think there's a lot to be said for, you know, just nutrition and physio and massage and all of like, you know, we're just, we've grown up a ton and we're figuring all this stuff out. Um, and you know, then the, sorry, just, I'll, I know you want to say something. The other person that has really, um, who changed the mindset about it all for me as well was Cam Worf. You know, when I did, I did a big feature on him a couple of years ago and just, you know, he came from the cycling background where they were like, you know, yeah, when you do a grand tour, you're doing 24 insane days in a row. Yeah. Um, and so you, you know, you figure out how to recover. Um, and so, yeah, Cam is doing the back to back. He was in Majorca and, you know, he'll be in uh, Sacramento this week. Which um, So it is changing. Um, but do I think Lionel Sanders has done too many this year? Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and, you know, it, Lionel's Lionel, right? Like he'll, he'll leave a lung and, and various other body parts <laughs> on the side of the road to, to compete well in, in Sacramento. And that's, that's Lionel. Right. Um, but, um, I, you know, I think it's, it's a stretch to see him compete, uh, with, with Iden Eden. I never know how to pronounce that. And, um, 
and uh, Fredano this weekend. Yeah. The um, just to refer to that tweet so I get it correct was uh, almost ten years ago. Many of the forums labelled Peter Vabrusic uh, as stupid and that he disrespected the Iron Distance Racing it monthly. Is Sanders at that level yet? Um, that was the tweet. But you're right. Um, you race as many as you can do, and how many you recover. And you know, athlete one will be super bouncy the next day. Athlete two will be in bed for a month. You know, it. How how would everyone's different? Uh, Cam Worth broke the mold, but yeah, I, I'm just reluctant to talk about cycling and triathlon in the same breath as recovery. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying anything to do with Cam. I'm just talking in you know in in generalities here. Um, Joe Skipper has done five in five months. So that'll give you one a month. He's tapped out for the season. Um, there is enough uh, evidence to sort of suggest that as you go further into a season, you get worse and worse. Um, and you get less. Um, no, Joe Skipper, you look at Joe Skipper's Wisconsin race. I, I think that was, or sorry, not Ch- uh, Chattanooga. Uh, race that was probably his best race of the year. Yeah, um, as he rounded things out. So yeah, and um, and I, I'm pretty sure this will be Lionel's fifth in five months as well. Yeah. Um, and so, as you said, these so guys Gene are bucking Lane, the battle, Copenhagen, um, Chattanooga, and then hitting a fifth one. Yeah, and as you said, these guys are bucking the trend, right? These guys are doing. You know, generally, you know, in general terms, you probably would get more fatigued. Remember that year, Mary Beth Alice too had to race like three times in in eight weeks to get to Kona to get her spot, which was just batshit crazy. Yes. Um, because she was she should have just been given a walk up start because she was so good um, and good for the race, mind you. Um, but yeah, again, by the time they get to Kona, they're they're smashed. It was incredibly difficult. Um, but it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, no, that was that was always a that was always a tough one because you you have to remember um, Mary Beth basically started doing Ironmans that year, so you know I always found it interesting that everyone was like, oh yeah, you know, we should just let Mary Beth in, but we would never dream of having the same argument for. Well, I I never once heard ever anyone say, wow, there should be a way for Lucy Charles Barkley to get into the Olympics this summer because she did her first WTS race in June. You know, like, um, you know, so it, it, I always found that very interesting uh, that, you know, hey, we should change everything so Mary Beth can get in here um, because it's Iron Man. And because, you know, uh, now Iron Man pulls the rug right out from under me because they give wild card spots all the time to take that uh, argument away. So um, but they never but used anyway. to. They, they never used to. Like, they never used to give that wild card spot would never be given. They would just sit on it, which was just dumb. I mean, like, you know, golf and tennis and all the big sports with a lot more money on the at stake than Ironman would give out a wild card because they wanted the best people at the event. They wanted to make the Masters great and they, or they wanted to make a Grand Slam event, you know, truly uh, a Grand Slam event. Uh, you know, like the, the holding on to the um, – the wild cards, Willy Wonka style, is just for mine. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't, I don't love that because, um, you know, you want, as I've said for the last four hundred years, you want the best there. You want the best setup there. Um, but in saying that, we are going to have a very solid, solid setup uh, in uh, Ironman California. Uh, 
um, this weekend. Um, it'll be a very, very sharp group of men. Uh, of course, men only. The women, I believe, are in Florida. But when the big dog rolls up, swaggers into town, everybody gets excited and Fredino is there. Yeah, this is going to be this is going to be awesome to see. You've got uh, Gustav Eden uh, making his debut over the over the long distance. Gustav, uh, you know, kind of saying, "Hey, this is my first one. Jan's the guy to beat. My chances of beating him are pretty slim, but I think I can make a podium um, as long as I don't blow up in the last ten k of the marathon." So he's going into it with the ultimate attitude, you know, of the pressure's all on everybody else. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think Gustav Eden is going to surprise. Um, I think he'd be crazy to bet against Jan um, for sure. Um, and uh, it'll be fun to see if uh, Cameron Wirth can create any fireworks out on the bike course um, to... Like I, I feel like Cameron could be a game breaker um, if he can get away from the rest of the train and go up and ride with Jan and help Jan along because Jan's going to be way out in front by himself after the swim, and then uh, and then you're going to see this train come through with um, Eden Sanders, Wirf, um, Boris Stein, Rasmus Svenningsen. Um, you know that that train's going to come flying on through and then it'll just be interesting to see does yan try and hold those guys off ride hard or does he just wait for the train to come up um but to me what would be interesting is if cam sort of changes his race style a bit and instead of pushing that last 90k as he's normally used to push a bit earlier get away from everybody get up to yan and those two sort of create some fireworks off the front so uh, some really interesting dynamics could be in play there. Yeah, I'm tipping upset. Fernando's not winning this. Um, I don't really, <laughs> <laughs> even if I say it. I don't... Uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Wait, does this ever sound familiar? Yeah, I know, doesn't it? He does. I'm sorry, and I know Jan listens to this a lot, and you know, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. It's not going to happen. Yeah, we wish. He also has not even responded for a table tennis challenge because he knows that, you know, he's in a lot of trouble. He's made a powerful table tennis enemy. He, he knows that. Um, I'm looking at, I reckon someone like a Cam Worth, he's not going to win it either, but it won't be Fredino. Ben Hoffman, the sleeping assassin, uh, he's one to look at. Uh, I think it's time that someone does go pretty hard. I reckon, as you said, I reckon that no one knows what Gustav Eden's bringing. And I reckon that's, he's going to swim with him. He's going to sit on the bike. And- he's not going to swim with him. Uh, Gustav, uh, like that's actually, you know, Gustav, uh, you know, from an ITU background, like he's sort of typically trails the, um, trails the lead pack. That's been his weakness at the Olympic distance stuff. But he's not giving so, up. He's yeah, not giving Gustav up six minutes though. He won't give up six minutes like Lionel Sanders will. He won't give up. No, you know, no, absolutely. He'll come not. out with the likes of Tim Reed, and that'll be a couple of minutes out. But he'll be there. He'll swim with a bunch. He'll have someone to ride with. Um, and then, I mean, who knows? I just I have it. I have it in my head that Fredina doesn't win this one, um, and I'm bonkers. That's correct. 
Um, nobody in the world is better than 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 he goes, but I just there's something in me that says maybe he doesn't get this one. Um, your uh, your man's racing as well, Jordan Bryden. Um, he will be a little bit down on the swim, and I'm not so sure he'll be uh, a player. What are your thoughts on him as your number one guy next to probably Jason Paul, who? I would think they're your two best shots. We're firing one with Tim Reed, so you know the Commonwealth in a bit of trouble. So, uh, which, what country do you think Lionel Sanders is from? Yeah, he's not going to win, dude. We've already established that, right? He's not going to win. Yeah, yeah, no. And and Jordan and I love Jordan, great guy and um, Ultraman World Champion. Um, he's you know doesn't have the wheels to to go with uh, with these guys. Um, if it was double the distance or the Ultraman, pull money's totally on Jordan. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and Jason Paul, uh, we just actually featured Jason, uh, in our, in our magazine, uh, our September issue, I think. Um, so yeah, our great, uh, great athlete, definitely up and coming and all that type of thing, but yeah, he's not, you know, he's not taking on Jan and, and Gustav and, and Lionel and those guys. So, um, no, the problem is that no one in this field has a 240 two or three or whatever, you know, had no one has that in their legs. Like the best runners, uh, even Sanders, you know, he's not, he doesn't have a 243. Um, you know, Ben Hoffman's probably the best, one of the better runners who could land. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not sure Ben is actually going to be in the race. Uh, he, he posted on Instagram a couple of weeks ago cause he did, oh, he did uh, Chattanooga. He? Yeah. And then he came back the following weekend for a half. I can't remember where that was. Um, and uh, so he posted recently that he's gearing up for Oceanside. Yeah, you might be right. So, so he shoots um, he shoots me and, in the foot. In other words, I still think it – I'm going to be proven so wrong here. I still think Ferdino may get done. But, yeah, the problem is that no one has that 240 low 240 marathon in them. And Cam Worth's going to put. I mean, other than other than Ferdino and, and Eden. Correct. Eden's the only dude who can run that. Um, well, Ferdino. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Outside of Ferdino, no, no one has that that marathon. Oh, got it. Hey. Yes. Um. And so here's what I don't understand: is how come you're not on this bandwagon that I would love you to get on that I could agree with? No, I don't know. It drives me insane that we have these start lists with all these people who enter three three weekends in a row because of the crazy system. Mm. That Iron Man has in place, so you have to enter X number of weeks in advance and all that stuff. So everyone hedges their bets in case they get a tweak, they get an injury or whatever. Yeah. So they enter a bunch of different races. It drives me insane because here we, are, you know, we could very well have been talking about Ben Hoffman, like, hey, Ben's going to have this great race, and meanwhile, he's, you know, he's not planning on being, right, and there. he's the only dude with a, you know, a good pedigree in that run that can do that. Everyone else is okay. But they're not 240. He's a 240 runner, right? Like he can put something down. Um, but yeah, I mean, God, I mean, I, saying Fredino's going to lose is probably just me being counter to you because I enjoy that. But, you know, he's he's head and shoulders above everyone. And if you look at, you know, um, indicative times, then, you know, he's probably, um, you know, six or seven minutes ahead of anyone at best. Yeah, but I I think uh, Eden is a is a huge wild card on that front. So 
You know, I was there when Jan uh, took third in his first full distance race. And um, that was uh, Frankfurt. And, he, you know, basically he just learned the hard way that, you know, you can't go out. I think he went out at sub 330 pace um, for uh, for the marathon. And then, you know, surprise of all surprises, couldn't hold that all the way. Or maybe it was, I can't remember, it was 315s. It was some insane mm. days. Um, so I don't think Eden is going to go out too fast. And especially if he can come off the bike close to, close to Jan Frodeno. All he, like Eden gets the joy of just getting to sit all day. He does not need to put the go, put his nose at the front until the last hundred meters of the yeah. race. Um, and you know, I, so I would not count him out in any way, shape or form, I think. And I, you know, I know that Jan would be taking him very, very seriously. Uh, so yeah, I think, uh, I think this could be tons of fun to see how, how that develops. And if, uh, if Gustav has a smart race, um, and just bides his time, which is going to be really hard for him to do, um, he uh he could he could be your uh your your the answer for you here and uh, make you look good correct i need all the help i can get rasmus svenningson too keep an eye on that cat yes got some wins. Yep. did a uh did a solo sub 8 hour ironman by himself during uh during covid yep. um third at uh, 70.3 dubai second at ironman austria yep. One Ironman Lake Placid this yep. year, um, so uh, yes, be very aware. A super strong cyclist as well, and um, so he's uh, someone to watch. And it's been a while since we've been looking at a dude called Rasmus. Not since Henning was there. <laughs> Rasmus Henning. Oh mm-hmm. God, miss seeing good old Rasmus around. One of the nicest uh, people you will ever meet. Really great guy. Yeah. Yep, tons of uh, crossover with that cat during the course of his career. He's a good bloke. Uh, Kevin, that'll do us. 33 minutes on the chop. We were uh, a little bit way up, but that's okay. Um, be interesting to see what we can find after this big weekend of racing. We'll be back next week to have a chat about it. Uh, thank you for your time as per usual, sir. And uh, we can find you at Triathlon Magazine Canada, where the beautiful people live, um, for all of the best news and everything else surviving and arriving in triathlon. Thank you for your time, my man. Hey, thank you, sir. And um, yeah, I guess you're right. I'm just not funny. Didn't feel like I was funny this time. (laughs) You're a beautiful man. Thank you, Kevin McKinnon. (laughs) Thanks for listening to The Life of Try. If you like us, tell your mates and follow us on Instagram at The Life of Try.